I'm so excited to share this interview with Bryn. She's another freelance copywriting mentor who teaches how to get online and start making money with a very systematic approach. So we really have that in common. It's going to feel like a conversation between friends, which I think is so important because I always wish that freelancers were a little bit more transparent about what the day-to-day -day is and what it's actually like to be self-employed and have so much responsibility and what are the downsides. So we talk a lot about the mindsets and how to be more confident so that you can succeed as a freelancer, but she has so many awesome tips that she offered. Some tactics that I never even thought of, like working with recruiters, which is how she's getting a lot of her business. So you're going to learn so much in this episode. But I guess my favorite part is just relating to Bryn about not fitting into the nine to five setting and being able to take the skills that you learn in a corporate job and use them for yourself for self-employment and finally breaking free of that mold. I'm Christine from paidcopywriter.com. I have a podcast and YouTube channel where I share my best freelance copywriting tips for free. So if you are looking to transition from your regular job to a career writing online, this is the channel for you. I try to inspire other writers to take the steps that I took to become a freelance writer, even though I had no experience. And with that, here's my episode with Bryn. Let's jump right into it. I want to hear about how you quit your corporate job and became a freelancer. So backing up, I've always had freelancing a part of my life. I grew up in a small town where it wasn't normal to have a corporate job. No big corporations were even in my town. And so there were farmers and it was an oil oil town. So everybody was sort of the type to, okay, when things are slow, we pick up side work. So I think that played into how I was always somebody who was maybe going to have a full-time job, but I was always really well-versed in the idea that you can have a job, but then you're always doing side things. Both my mom and my dad had always done side things and they still do to this day. And then, you know, I was a high, typical high achiever all through school, but writing was always the thing I really loved to do. I remember in third grade, I had my journal and I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a writer and I still have it. And then I went to college and I went to a really nice private college the student loans were not nice, but that will play into my story later. And I got a writing degree and a psychology degree and I had to figure out how to make money. And it turns out the internet is a really great place for writers because there's always need for words, right? And especially I graduated in 07. So that was right around the birth of SEO or beginning of SEO and content driven SEO. So I found an internship writing for a website and then because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good hustler. I knew that I needed an internship. So I found that right out of college. And then that parlayed into some really big corporate jobs, big corporate five, Fortune 500s in where I live in Minneapolis. And for a while, it was really fine because I, I am sort of that, I like to achieve, show me the map, I'll follow it, show me the rules, I'll follow them to a T. But there's this other side of me. And I think a lot of people relate to having competing sides where I'm really creative. You know, if you're a writer, chances are there's some sort of creativity or artistic parts to you. And so it always felt like, yes, I like this corporate job for the first five years. And I did really well in, you know, following the rules and, you know, rising the ranks and being a great coworker and being a great contributor to the team. But I always felt like my voice wasn't heard or things that were being done were kind of dumb or they could be done better or more, especially in a large corporation, things move so slow or they're not very, they're not very edgy. Right. And that was hard for me because I'm super creative entrepreneurial as well. And so it just started to wear on me and also the office politics, right? Like people do not talk about, talk enough about the psychology of working in a corporation. There is a lot of it. What I see now is there's just like a lot of inequity, the, just the structure, the hierarchy that you're supposed to just naturally be okay with it. That really started to weigh on me too. It really started like every, every notification of an email I would get, I'd be like, what did I do wrong? I always felt like I was on high alert. So over the, I worked in corporate for 10 years towards the end 
I, you know, I was, it just really kind of eroded everything. And I had a really, really sort of bad job at the end. And, and it was always like, I was always in digital and writing roles. And it was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. And one day I was just like, I think this is the day I'm going to quit my job. That's my personality. I'm like the high octane, make a choice, figure it out. And then I really didn't have a lot of a plan, but I had I knew about freelancing. I had done freelancing throughout my career because I'm just sort of naturally a hustler. And so I had done Elance, which is now kind of Upwork. And I had figured that out throughout my career. So I sort of was like, I'm just going to take a break and I'll take some freelance stuff. And then within a month, I had almost replaced my income by getting on Upwork. And I was like, oh, maybe this could just be the way that I do it. And it had never dawned on me in 10 years of just sort of being like tortured in corporate that maybe I could just do the thing that I was good at because the work I didn't mind. It was the hierarchy in the corporate environment. And I didn't realize that I could just opt out of that system with some creativity and hustle and just be a freelancer. I've been a full-time freelancer ever since going on five years now. I make more money now as a freelancer than I did in corporate. And so that's sort of my journey. My, my main skills definitely are writing and digital marketing. So how's that for an intro and a, a story of where I began? Yeah, I have so much to say about like each of these points. I started taking notes. To clarify, did you quit with no safety net or did you have some freelance clients already and then like slow transitioned? Yes, good good clarifying point and good circle back. So I I think I had one client lined up and from Upwork. And the reason I had that lined up is because I had crippling student loan debt. And I was like, not only was I miserable in corporate, I felt like I work really hard. I make a good amount of money, but these loans are going nowhere. And so that also was the way that I backed into freelancing. So I had an Upwork client, which took me a little while to get, but then I, it was a really good client. This is another myth I love to dispel. Like Upwork sucks. There's nothing good there. It's like, I started everything on Upwork. I got one really good client that sort of started it all. So I had one client. I had, my financial situation was not looking good. You know, I had almost six figures worth of student loan debt. I had maybe two paychecks as a backup. So do not as I do, maybe, you know, follow some rules, like get a cushion set up. But for me, that was really important because I thrive on that. I I needed that adrenaline. I needed to be like, I have to make this work because I, I was married at the time, but my husband and I are like, we contribute 50-50. So I had to pay my mortgage. I, of course, if I needed like him to cover it, it would have been fine. But I wasn't, I didn't have rich parents. I didn't have a setup from somebody else. Like I had to pay. And so that's how within two months I had it all figured out because- I did not rest for two months until I had my client list flowing and then it was overflowing. And then I had to like figure that out too, you know? Yeah. So we do have so much in common because that was my situation too. And I've done this twice now where I left a full-time job, even though I didn't have the income coming in from freelancing, because what I've realized is that being on the line is what pushes a lot of people to hustle and make it work. So that advice isn't going to fit everybody's personality. And it seems really counterintuitive because like, if we're just speaking logically, the best thing you can do obviously is to have something lined up so that you don't have any gap in your income that you make that perfect transition from full-time to freelancing. But human psychology, I think is a little bit different. It throws a wrench in there and on the subject of debt. So I followed Dave Ramsey's advice to get out of my student loan debt, right? And the reason why so many people come for him online is that he tells you to pay off your smallest debts first, whereas the conventional advice is to pay off your highest interest debt first. And his theory or his, it's not even a theory because it's pretty much proven so many people have freed themselves from debt by following his plan. But 
it's psychologically the little wins of paying off those small debts. And he calls that the debt snowball. It's like you make those little wins and then you gain momentum and you're empowered to pay off the rest of your debt and stick with this lifestyle. However, that's not maybe the smartest or the most logical. And that's really what happens with freelancing too, is like, nobody is going to advise you to just quit a job without some financial security. But for me, it's what really lit the fire under my ass to just hustle and make it work. So if you even have an inkling of that personality, I would say sometimes staying at your full-time job can really slow your progress and doesn't enable you to pick up the momentum you need to really throw yourself into it because you're constantly playing in both worlds. Absolutely. hundred percent. A few things to that. I echo everything you say. We must be cut from the same cloth in terms of you, the more pressure you put on me, the the higher I rise, the more I thrive, you know, of course, within reason, right? But I also was really into the Dave Ramsey plan because I felt so, in the same way that corporate started to feel so, felt so limiting, I felt trapped. My debt was another area where I, it made me feel so limited and so trapped. And so the Dave Ramsey podcast and the method was helping me too, because I could see a way out. It was simple. And that's why I got an Upwork. So I guess we can, you know, I can thank Dave Ramsey for my freelance career. And the other thing I wanted to echo with what you said is you do have to create some sort of a, a skin in the game. And, and I met, you know, we both kind of mentor people around this topic. So there are people like us where we're going to just say like, today's the day I'm going to quit my job. I'll figure it out. My husband, my husband wasn't even surprised. He was just sort of like, Oh, I'm happy. You know, it seemed like you were unhappy. So I'm happy about that. You know, cause he knew that I would figure out, I have a lot of self-trust in myself because I, know my capacity. I had already gotten a client. So it wasn't completely like willy nilly, but then there is a middle ground for people who are like, I don't think I can do that. Maybe people have families. You can simulate that experience by maybe it's not quitting your job, but saying, okay, this month I have to get a client because I'm going to pay for my car payment with a freelance client. So kind of creating these more realistic in the middle type skin in the game, adrenaline type pump ups, but other but you, if you don't do that, you will stay stuck. And I remember the biggest thing I thought within like the first two months in the honeymoon phase of being a full-time freelancer was my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? So even me, I quit, you know, I didn't even really have a plan. I was like, I could have done this sooner. Of course I, I needed to do it when I did it, but yeah, I think there is a middle ground. And I'm, I'm curious too, like how you, it's hard to give financial advice, but I always say, yeah, just get, find a way to give yourself a push and adrenaline. And for, for me, it was like, but the job, you know, I have kids now, so that would not be what I did, but I also knew there's no way I could have kids and work in corporate. I just knew like, I, I can't go do something that makes me feel trapped and terrible all day. And then know I have to come home and also give it myself. I just knew those things were going to work. So that was the other thing. Totally. And do you do writing services primarily? Or are you mixing in like marketing consulting and writing services? I do a lot. I do a lot of digital marketing consulting. I would say the biggest thing, my sweet spot is copywriting with an SEO focus. There's a lot of SEO work out there. So I, I always say, if you can blend a couple of cool skills together, maybe you're a writer, but you are also like have some social media skill. Maybe you're like a social media copywriter, or maybe you're an analytics expert. So maybe you are a content manager and you help provide feedback and, and dashboards around content. Clients I have found really love that. And I also really sing the song for people who are multi-passionate and cannot figure it out and who 
find, you know, finding a niche freaks them out because that really freaked me out for a while too. And I actually have been a person who has really explored in a very deliberate way. And I have had no issue with that. I know there's schools of thought that you should niche, but for me, that was really claustrophobic and scary. So that's another avenue where I teach where I'm like, well, what feels, if does that freak you out? Okay. Well then maybe try, try writing for a few months. Okay. And then maybe try SEO role, maybe try a digital marketing manager role. If you have the skills, digital marketing, you can really take a rotation around the different areas. Yeah. The niche thing, and that's the the school of thought I tend to promote the most, not so much because being a generalist and doing several things is so bad. It's more just that I notice with newer writers, they're overwhelmed about where to start and what the niche at least does is give them a direction, right? So I, I find that with newer writers who are just trying to break into freelancing, they know they want to do it and they can kind of understand what cold pitching is. But when they're like, but how do I find those clients? And if you're wondering how to find clients, it's probably because you haven't defined a niche that gives you the direction. Because once you said to yourself, oh, I want to write in the beauty sector, for example, then you can start going online and you can start discovering people. And when they're in your niche, your mind makes that connection of like, oh, I'm actually going to pitch them. Whereas if you don't, I think it's a little bit harder to spot the opportunities. That is a great point around, it gives you, for the, if you're an early writer and you have confidence that you can write, but there's also a level of confidence you need that you, that you can write for a business, or you can write for a specific scenario. For me, I had built that up in my corporate career, but not everybody builds builds that up. So I, I totally agree. If you can find a, a niche that gets you excited and and something where you can actually create some spec pieces or proof pieces on your own really fast, then you know, okay, this must be a good niche for me because I'm able to create things pretty quickly. One of the areas I you know I had been a writer forever, but I was even it was hard for me to get some traction in the beginning. But my I'm always like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I saw on Upwork, I was scrolling and everybody wanted crypto writers, crypto writers. And I was like, well, my husband's always talking about crypto and it's so annoying. And he's always watching videos about it. And I'm like, how hard can this be? That is my personality. And I, I challenge everybody, if you're going to be a freelancer, like adopt that mentality of like, how hard can it be? And so I was like, I'm going to write a piece about crypto. And I wrote a piece just because I, I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to see if I could get some of these really hot jobs on Upwork because they were high paying and I figured it out. And then probably for a year, one of my main, my main sources of income was writing crypto white papers, which is so strange. So you, the other thing is like, you're, you can pick a niche for a year and then be like, okay, I'll shift out of it. But you have to be really agile and know, like, sometimes you're just going to have to sit down and write a little essay on your own for no other reason than like, how hard can it just be? Can I be a person who can write a crypto piece? And that piece that I wrote was ended up being making me a ton of money later on because I could show it off. So yeah, I'm I'm very much about like create your own assignments. If you can if you can make yourself do that, you have to find that internal motivation. And if you can't, it's probably not the right subject matter for you. Yes. And what you just think that little tidbit right there, anyone listening, don't sleep on that because that's literally how I got started as a freelancer. I literally wrote my own little essay about a tech stack and I pitched it to freelance or I pitched it to tech companies. Somebody agreed to post it for free. I accepted the unpaid work just to look like I had gotten published somewhere. And right. it's, I put myself on a deadline with my little TJ Maxx planner. And I literally was like, I'm going to create a portfolio piece within one week. And that really helps also to get out of that like perfectionist mindset of like, is this good enough? But what I, I also want to point out is, so what you did with crypto, you just busted so many myths that hold writers back because number one, 
people think they need to be an expert in a field in order to write about it. So a lot of my students will say, well, my clients are even telling me they want me to have a background, like a real life background in this topic. It's not that. If they see that you can write well and that it's something that they're looking for, they don't care if you are a farmer beforehand and now you're reading about crypto. It's can you write about the topic at hand? That's where the portfolio pieces come in. Also, seeing what's in demand versus what you want to write about is the most yes. underrated strategy because, and I say this all the time, tech is boring AF. I never saw myself doing something like this. I just had experience as someone who used some sales technology. So I figured, well, I was in that mindset of being a user. They're going to want to write toward the user and customers so I could be that person but I'm not a tech nerd whatsoever. I don't sit there and watch tech reviews on YouTube. Some people like <laughs> this is their whole passion. It's just genuinely what, it was a high paying niche that I knew I could get into and that would pay my bills. And now I try to throw in things that are more interesting, but in the beginning I was really slogging through it. So I'm so happy you said that about the crypto thing. Cause like you are not the typical crypto person out there that we're used to seeing. No. And so this is where, um, I love that. I I totally get off on being somebody who can write in an industry that's maybe typically dominated by men or typically dominated by coders. And I don't know where, I think it's just sort of my personality to try be the best at everything, which is a nice temperament sometimes. But time and time again, I find anything that scares me or feels like, oh, that's hard or that's not for me. I can't write about that. I, I always go towards it partly because I'm sort of competitive with myself, but partly because every time I do that, I'm like, oh, this is actually not, it is complex, but also I am smart. So we're going to be fine. And, and so even if like, sure, I would love to write about eyeshadow and beauty products and would love to. I found that there's actually like working in those realms, sometimes the e-commerce, the fun areas, those, they're not as much fun because you get paid less not all the time, but you you typically get paid less and those people are a lot pickier. I found again, this could be my only, only experience, but with tech, you get, you feel really, you feel kind of like a genius. Like when I figured out crypto and I still kind of keep my skills sharp there. I also got paid in crypto for some of these projects and that, that worked out very well. So yeah, I think if you can adopt the mindset of how hard can it be I can break the rules, be definitely like a rebel and a rule breaker and learn to get your dopamine from just figuring it out, then you'll be fine. You know, I can write about garage doors and be like, yes, nailed it. You know, so it, so that I think also is a talent of just my hit comes from for sure the figuring it out. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to put this on my fridge. You know, I have other, I, I'm a musician. Like if I'm going to write a song, that's where I put my like love and creativity. But for this, it's really about the adrenaline of figuring it out, being a business owner, making my money and yeah. So I guess I'm really fired up about that topic. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think it's one that needs to be talked about more because a lot of people, even when I post about that, they're like, no, like I'm going to go for what I'm passionate about. Let's talk about getting clients because I think that's the number one reason yeah. why people seek advice from both of us. And you talk about Upwork. Tell me like your main ways of getting clients, what has worked for you and what you recommend for people. Sure. So the way I get clients now is very different because I'm more of a evolved and seasoned freelancer. And so I sort of like the, the dream, right? I'm like, pe a lot of things come to me. People are in my inbox all the time, but that's what people don't want to hear. That's very sort of defeating around like, well, yeah, how do you get to that point? So beginning, how did I get my first client? Upwork, literally Upwork. I I was really 
good at Upwork in terms of I knew what to look for. And I, because I had experience in the industry of digital marketing in general, I knew when I looked at jobs, I was like, that is a SaaS company, or that is a company that has funding. And there's ways to look at that. You know, you can tell if they're a verified payer, you can tell if they have reviews. And so I, I used Upwork for market research. I found that, you know, SaaS and crypto and all these things were the higher paying jobs. There was a lot more demand for them. So I focused my efforts there. And the other thing is I, if, when one person sends five pitches, I'll send a hundred people. The biggest thing that freelancers, especially on like Upwork and these kind of job boards, they stop before they really find success. If, if you think you've pitched, pitch 500 more times. And that may suck, but I teach you how to you can, you can find ways to automate that. You can find ways to rinse and repeat your pitches. If you can get good at that, you'll never want for work. So I got my start on Upwork. I was relentless. I knew what to look for. And I had a really good, I had, I put up a Wix website in one night and it was like super, it was basic, but it looked really beautiful. I just picked the most beautiful template and I didn't mess with it. And I just added my stuff and that website, for whatever reason, it had a video in the header. And it showed like me a person typing. And for some reason that blew people, blew people away. And so it was also just about like, get a website. You, literally you can get them for free in, in, in this day and age, get a nice looking website. That's what I always say. Cause that was the biggest thing that sold me. Then from Upwork that pretty much made my first couple of years, I got really good clients and then they referred me around. The, the SaaS and startup and tech industry is they really refer people without me even asking, but I, I heard in another podcast, you even mentioned like, if you circle back or you say, you know, try to upsell clients or say, did you know I offer this, that even they'll even promote you even more. So I got a lot of referrals trying to think. And then I learned how to cold email. I was really resistant to cold email because it felt really icky. But again, my personality is how hard can it be? If it scares me, I have to do it. And so I took a, I did like a $200 live workshop on it from her name's Laura Lopuk. Laura, L-O-P-U-C-H. And that changed the game for me. I developed my own cold email strategy and I got to the point where I knew if I sent a hundred cold emails, I know I'm going to get five people to respond and I'll probably get two clients out of it. I mean, that is the dream for a freelancer to know your numbers that well and to know that if I ever want more work, all I have to do is this thing. And with almost hundred percent certainty, I will get clients from that. I'm trying to think of other ways. Basically, I have a whole pie chart of all the different ways you can find clients. And when I mentor people, I'm like, okay, so this is the, the method you need to start with. Maybe mix in a little bit of this. Oh, based on your personality, probably not, you're not going to be ready for cold email because you don't really have a set. Sometimes people don't have a set focus. So cold email isn't going to be great because you're, you can't pitch and be like, I do a couple of things, whatever you need. You have to cold and pitch and say, this is my product and this is why it's awesome. So I, I really kind of, there is, what I like to tell people is, the hard part isn't finding clients, but it's the number one question I get from people. I can tell you where to find clients. They're all over everywhere. I can take you on a treasure hunt and you'll be blown away where, where, about how freelance clients are literally everywhere hiding in plain sight. The next step is having the confidence, the portfolio, the pitching ability, and the readiness to get the client and maintain the client. So that's, you know, I, I'm super transparent about every time I get a new client, I share on my stories, like, here's how I got this client. Here's how I got this client because to me that that shouldn't be a secret and there's more and more than enough work to go around so I'm never like no don't take my work I'm I have an overflowing inbox of work I'm sure you do too so that's why I'm like no come in like take take some of this work I want strong independent you know freelance writers 
women to come and come and grab this money. So yeah, there's more businesses out there in need of copy than there is copywriters. And especially with content writing, which is like, I always say the bedrock of my income is blog posts, eBooks, and longer form content. This stuff is needed on a regular basis, right? So that's the other thing. It's the scarcity mentality. And what you were saying before, it's like, it's not even about where to find clients because you really can find that information in a Google search. It's the beliefs that pop up that stop people in their tracks, that stop them from sending the cold pitches because cold pitching definitely is a numbers game, regardless of how good you are and how great your portfolio is because People just have different needs at different times. Things get lost in the shuffle. So it's the belief system about scarcity. And should I even go into this? I get that comment all the time. Is this too saturated? Is this too saturated? And it it drives me crazy because depending on how you think, that could be your reality or it could not be your reality. It's just, I made a video on the recession. Yes, the reality is there's a recession. Yes, the reality is there's a ton of copywriters, but how you look at that is going to determine your actions and then you're going to sabotage yourself. So with copywriting and, and the the saturation thing, think of how many people are dropping out of the freelance game every day because they found a job, they decided to switch paths or they just gave up. Think of all the companies that are born every day. People are still founding companies left and right. Think of all of the marketers that, switch jobs and they're looking for new writers. Think of all the people that just created a marketing team. This is a need that is popping up everywhere at every time. And if you can tap into that mindset and be more abundant and give away, like even with you and I, like we're giving away information for free. And if there was ever a thought in my mind that like, oh, I could be sabotaging myself because other people are going to get into this game. I wouldn't be doing it. You can't look at the world like that of when other people get something that means you have less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I talk about this a lot too, because, you know, I I pull my audience a lot and I get connected to my audience a lot. And I think our audiences are similar in that they want to know where to find clients, but then they're also afraid of like, I don't want to, I don't want to be edged up by the competition. I don't want to look embarrassing as like a new beginner. And I, I totally get that, but that also is, is kind of corporate thinking. It's, it's leftover from like, you have to kind of compete in a corporation and you have to worry about, is he going to get the promotion over me? And the beauty of freelancing is that you don't have, like, you actually don't have to think about that. When I, I submit so many pitches and even now I, I won't get a response or if I'm lucky, they'll say like, we chose somebody else, but you don't even have to think about that. It's it's us being programmed by, you know, just the, the common, the way the working world is, is that everything is a competition. And so if you're opting out of corporate, like you can opt out of that corporate mindset too. You don't have to think that way. You can just like li- literally have a blissful mindset with practice and be like, the work is on the way, the work will get there. And it feels a little bleak in the beginning. I do remember like the first couple of weeks where I was like, literally nobody wants me. And then there was a, it was actually five years ago this week. Cause this is like my five-year anniversary where it was like, this is bleak. I've made a mistake. <laughs> gotta go back, gotta go back to corporate. And then boom, in my inbox, it was like all the seeds I had planted flourished. And I was like, it worked, it works. And you just, you can't give up on yourself and there's definitely more work, more to go around. Like you and I would definitely not be having this conversation if it was scarce, right? Because we're pretty, we probably are competitors in terms of like who you work for, blah, blah, blah. But I don't ever see it that way. I'm always like, who can can I refer? Who can I share? I 
just send a, I work with a lot of another source that we even, haven't even talked about, but I, I do a lot of contracts. So people think contracts are 40 hours a week and they are, but there's also like you get hooked up with a recruiting agency and they have 20 hour a week jobs. They have 10 hour a week jobs. They have five hour a week jobs. I, I So I'm getting a bunch of these and I don't have the capacity. So I just sent a message to my recruiter of like five women that follow me on Instagram that I'm like, but these people would be a good fit. It's like, that's, that's the reality of it. So no, but yeah, there is that fear. It's saturated, but opt out of that mindset. That's just you being trained to think that way. You actually don't have to think that way. That's a strategy I haven't explored at all is people who recruit freelancers. Tell me about that. Where I feel like I figured out this cheat code that nobody talks about. And so, you know, I'm sure this happens to you because you probably really get a lot of LinkedIn uh, communication. Recruiters contacting you all the time for full-time roles, right? Yes. Those companies also have a lot of freelance stuff. So right now, because I have kids, I take, I take on and off, I'll take big 40 hour contracts. So I'm back in these corporations that I used to work for 40 hours a week, but game, totally different game. Cause I'm like coming in, like don't have, I know it's not permanent. I just, am, I'm way more confident. It's like, it's so different to go into a corporation on a contract versus working there. I can't even explain it. And because having kids, I have twins, so it's double daycare, quite expensive, shockingly expensive. So it works for my lifestyle right now. And that's what I like to teach people too, is like the way you get clients right now might shift as your, as your financial, financial situation shifts. But I get hooked up with these recruiters. They know I'm kind of a side hustler, freelancer. So if they get things in from non-big corporations, like 20 hour a week, we, you know, this client can't afford a full-time contract, but they need 20 hours a week SEO help. I'm like, that's me you know, and then I'm, I'll stack a 20 hour and a 10 hour and a five hour together. And they're awesome rates because you you get to coordinate with the recruiter as opposed to the company. So you can be like, did they have any flex on that rate? Can they bump it up? I usually, you know, it, it really allows you to have way more empowered financial conversations. So that is an entire channel that I feel like nobody is talking about. It's crazy. So to an action tip for that, Google boutique recruiting agency, Google talent agency, marketing talent agency, and see what comes up in your, because I work with a lot of local ones and the local ones are really good because they're really embedded into kind of the companies around town. So for me, the companies would be, you know, I work with a company called Antenna, which is local to Minneapolis, but there's, there's tons of other based on your location and reach out to them. Like they want you to, they're, you are their asset. So reach out to them, share your resume, say, I'm not looking for a 40 hour engagement right now, but I, you know, I could take on even up to a 20 hour engagement and that makes up honestly like 50% of my income pie right now. Okay. Wait, Bryn, we have to do a follow-up episode where we literally just discuss every strategy for getting clients because it really yeah. mind blowing. And I'm literally going to go do what you just said after yeah. this. <laughs> no, I, I, it's so cool. So I've gotten the cool, and they're also the coolest clients that I wouldn't necessarily be able to get or like an interior designer. I mean, so fun, right? Because I mean, working on tech is great. Like I'll write about tech and garage doors, but writing about interior design, yes, please. So yes, follow for sure. There's so much there. It's such a, it's totally the cheat code for, especially if you're like a parent and I need to find kind of more of that, like in between freelancing and full-time. I, I love presenting strategies for different people because I think the beauty of my course is that I teach one thing, which is cold pitching on LinkedIn. 
but mm -hmm. it is just one piece of the pie for many people and they are going to have to mix other strategies in there but if a writer what i've found is that if a writer can just get their first high paying client and like you said when you literally link it to a bill you have like okay i want to do my car payment with a freelance client that was what happened to me i landed my first retainer client on linkedin and it paid my rent which at the time i was living in a really tiny studio for 1100 a month and i was like oh my god so if i got this client that pays my rent then i just need one more client that's going to pay my phone and my electricity and it it, like Dave Ramsey says, the snowball, right? So yeah. I, I think if we could do an episode on all the different strategies so that people can kind of like pick out of that smorgasbord, that would be amazing. But what I want to ask you in our last portion of this is actually working with clients. Cause you said like, you've gotten hooked up with some really good clients through these recruiters. And I want to talk about kind of good clients and bad clients, because I don't think this is something freelancers are talking about a lot because I think a lot of freelancers want to be like, well, I work with the best clients and they love me and they love everything I do. And no one talks about the times when you get the shitty client that when, when you get the bad feedback that makes you feel like you are absolute garbage at what you do and the roller coaster, because sometimes clients will tell you, wow, you did amazing. We love you. And those are the ones I screenshot and refer back to. But sometimes you get someone that really tears your work apart. Sometimes you get a client that just puts such a sour taste in your mouth. So let's talk about that. <laughs> what are your oh, thoughts? <laughs> right. It, well, first of all, it is, you know, the beauty of being a, a copywriter and a creator is that you get to create and you get to sit down and write a blog post. And even though, like I said, it's not like writing a song, you're creating something and that's really nice. But then you literally get paid to have people tell you what they don't like. And, and so that can be very jarring and it still can wear me down, especially when you have a lot of clients and then you feel like in one day, you're like, I got all this work done. And then you get Google dot comment. This doesn't flow and Google dot comment. This doesn't make sense. And so it can Google like, really comments. I know I, you're like, don't please. If anyone it, wants to know how to destroy your night, be on the couch, relaxing, and then see the Google doc notifications in your inbox and go look at them right before bed because you won't sleep sometimes. Yeah. Like. We got to have some, I need some Google Docs boundaries. So also it, it's, well, partly, like I said, I am a creative person. I write music. I play music. So I'm, I'm, I try to keep the boundaries in my head around that's where I do my creativity. And then when I'm, and then to lower my expectations around good job, me, I got the blog post done, but no expectations that they're going to be like, good job. You did it. You have to give yourself that dopamine hit and that that acknowledgement of you did it and just really expect feedback. But I'm really lucky in that half the clients, they're like, we love it. Amazing. But then you're going to get a lot. And, and what I tell myself is this is the work. This is what I get paid for. Getting a thick skin, dealing with the feedback, dealing with it very fast so that it's off my desk and also like moves the thing forward is another strategy of instead of just, just internally laying in bed at night and being like, yeah, I can't believe I wrote that. And it was like actually really inaccurate. And they probably think I'm an idiot. And I told them I know tech, but they, I'm exposed, you know, tales from my real life apparently. And instead of doing that, just fix it as fast as you can. So you can get it off your mental, you know, your mental desk. And yeah, let's just remind yourself it, that actually is the work. If you, again, if you can be really good at pitching and finding clients and you can be really good at getting feedback, freelancing will be sunny skies most of the time. But if you, if it continues to be difficult for you, then you either need to find coping mechanisms or maybe freelancing isn't for you. But yeah, like you're going to get some clients that suck, but the benefit of freelancing is for me, I ignored my gut instinct for the first couple of years and I got burned enough where now if I get any bad vibes, like people that are 
I don't know, just, I'm trying to think just bad personalities and just condescending the way that they speak to you. I'm like, I can go back to corporate for that. So what I, so I've gotten really, really good at being like, you know, I'm one of my favorite lines is as a consultant, I am very well-versed in my own working style. And I can tell that our, our working styles are not a match. And and that keeps it open because it's, it is fun to think about saying everything you want to say, but freelancing, it can be a small neighborhood. So just say it's a mismatch of working styles and move on and use your gut instinct. I know that's hard to do too, when you like have new clients and you just want to say yes to everything, but don't ignore your gut. If somebody is making you feel bad and they're just speaking to you in a certain way or, or they're unsatisfiable literally you can go back to corporate for that so what are we doing here why am i doing that in freelancing so i i try to live by my own advice on that one Bryn, episode two that i think we need to do like <laughs> botting this is actually like one of the first episodes where i've been like wow we need to do a whole episode on this this is like you have a lot of really good insight. <laughs> being able to spot the signs as a newer freelancer is one of the hardest things of like mm-hmm. is this constructive feedback or is this person like you said, unsatisfiable. And I think a lot of that comes down to the comments, someone saying, you know, this just isn't right. This isn't doing it for me. It's like, are they giving you constructive feedback where you can actually make the edit? Are they just telling you that they don't like what you're doing because it just didn't gel with them? A lot of clients expect you to read their mind. And as we say in freelancing, oh, don't ever go for the, I'll know it when I see it client, the client that just lets you go do whatever. But then when you give it to them, they're like shocked, horrified, but they never gave you the instruction to begin with. Right. So I feel like we need to do a whole episode about that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And kind of empowering. And I think copywriters specifically, you know, writers can be, and I, I am in this category, we can be sensitive and that's what makes us good writers. So there is a lot of muscle that you can build and need to build around also being like, well, what would, what would it look like if it was right? Or what is, what does success look like? And those are skills I learned in corporate when I was, you know, doing, gosh, I was a business analyst for a minute. So I, or project management around. So it's not only you have to be a writer, but as a freelance writer, you also have to teach people how to give you feedback. Like, great. You don't like it. What, you know, what piece of this? And so sometimes it's, they just don't know how to give feedback, but then if they're a person who is unsatisfiable, no, just cut them loose. And also you can just cut them loose and you have to have a reason. It, that's, that's the other thing that took me a long time to realize of like, maybe I just don't want to do this anymore. Again, if, if you want to feel trapped and you want to feel like you have no way out, go back to corporate, but freelancing is all about, it's really kind of, I mean, sorry to sound like a self-help book, but it's really about a journey of empowerment, right? It's like, I'm in this because I want to have choices. So I better get making some good choices here. That's the number one thing I'm working on for 2023 is no longer taking work just for the hustle of it. Cause I'm one of those people where I really don't like to turn down work. Cause I'm like, I'll just do it and make the money and I'll move on. But I think I'm stuck at this point now where I keep doing that when I don't need to, cause it's become a habit. Mm-hmm. And my intention to also sound like a self-help book in 2023 is like, I don't need to have a reason for why this doesn't feel good. I just know that it doesn't. And I'm very in touch with like the energy I get from people and how I'm feeling while interacting with a person. And it's just such a hard balance to strike because you want to progress in your career, make the money and do the jobs that are going to ultimately stretch you and challenge you. But then there's Mm -hmm. those people that they really suck the joy out of the job for you. And it's a matter of striking that balance. 100%. 
It is. And I think people think the hardest part about freelancing is finding the work. That's literally for me, the easiest part, probably because that's my zone of genius. The hardest part for me is knowing what to do with all of this work and knowing how to put it all together in a way that really works for me because because I am my own boss and sometimes I can be a bad boss. I can overwork myself. I can burn myself out. I can have bad boundaries. But anybody that's afraid to get into freelancing because it's oversaturated or they won't know how to find work. It's like, no, 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 no. Like these are the good problems to have like too much work. And how do you manage the work? And how do you be a good boss to yourself and a good steward of the work that you have? So yeah, sometimes you just have to turn off your brain and listen to the experts and, and, and realize you do have permission. You can be a freelancer. There's more work there's more work than either of us know how to do with. And yeah, it's, it's so available to everyone. It gives me so, it gives me so much excitement to just share this stuff. I'm like that person who's at a party being like, Oh, it's amazing. I'm dramatically happier. What do you do? Oh, you could be a freelancer. Like, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, Ooh, here's where you should find jobs. Here's where you should find jobs. Here's what you should do. That's amazing. Tell us about your program because obviously you love doing this and I want people to know how they can get involved with you. Yeah. So the program is starting in just a couple of weeks and it's called Freelance Rising. And it's really centered around the, the kind of the four pillars of freelancing, which is first of all, find your freelance focus. You know, we've talked about how that can be challenging for people. Do I pick an, a niche? Do I explore? So I teach about based on your personality, which area to go in. And, and the audience for this is women in digital marketing. For a long time, I kind of struggled with who I teach, but that I, that's my sweet spot. If you're in digital marketing, social media, even virtual assistant, copywriter, graphic design, digital marketing skills, this is for you. And the second phase, so we go from freelance focus, then we go into kind of shining up your skills and turning them into superpowers. So putting together a really beautiful portfolio, but in an easy way that doesn't take years and years and years. It can take, you know, a couple of days and a beautiful, brilliant one-page website kind of modeled after that first one that I, that blew people away. That was so simple to make. And then LinkedIn profile. That's an extension of your profile or your portfolio that people don't really think about. I know you think about it because you're kind of a LinkedIn expert. I recently did a LinkedIn profile keyword upgrade to my, my own profile. And within two weeks, I had Google and Facebook recruiters reach out to me. So this stuff works adding in these little elements of SEO and direct response copywriting. Then we move into, after that phase, you get, you know, get your superpowers all teed up. So you look really awesome. Then we go into how to figure out how to pitch and how to profit. So are you going to pitch on Upwork? Are you going to put a cold email? Are, which one are you going to choose or which couple are you going to choose? And then we're going to figure out how to really make it work and use data to be like, I'm pitching a bunch. I'm not getting feedback. Okay. Let's figure it out. Why, you know, are you pitching enough? Is your pitch maybe not compelling enough? The final phase I teach in the program is just around how to put it on cruise control and how to get clients and how to balance getting clients and working with clients. Because once you get the clients, you have to do the work. And that can be a pitfall for a lot of people, especially me, because I love getting clients. And then I'm like, what have I done? Good problem to have. But that is also a skill and kind of that advanced phase. And it's eight weeks group coaching. It's really, it's going to be, I run it once a year. So I have like I have the ability to really get immersed with you. We do a lot of group coaching calls and I'll also do like one-on-one loom, loom coaching. So if you have a question, you submit homework. I'll film you a video that is for you. That's like, hey, based on what you do, if you're a paid media manager, I'm thinking angel list is a good spot for you because a lot of these companies are trying to grow pack and they need somebody to come in. So it's very targeted and yeah, so that's coming soon. If you, it's really basic. You just go to freelancerising.com and submit your interest. It's not an application. It's just more of a, I want to be able to chat with you and just make sure that 
we vibe and it's the right thing for you. So I love it. I mean, as you can tell, I, this is, I'm maniacal about talking about freelancing. It's such a, especially for women, it, it truly has made me a dramatically happier, happier person. And I know for so many people, it's that, it's that missing element that can really make their life just so much better. I love that. I really think that the best part is just like not hating your job every day. Like as simple as that sounds. And like, we have to come up with creative ways to kind of like solve the dream when it comes to freelancing, like, oh, flexible schedule, I can do whatever I want. But for a lot of people, and at least for me specifically, I never thought I would be able to not hate my job and not hate working. And that was the most dramatic shift, regardless of the money, regardless of the lifestyle, just enjoying what you do. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about having that choice and ha- feeling like nobody owns you and, you know, not lo- loving it so much every day, but being like, I don't mind, like I'll get to work. I'll do this blog post. You know, I write recently, I've been writing a lot of blog posts about electronic vehicles and that's fine. I- I'm not like dreading it or what. It's fine. And it's great. You know, it's a great way to make a living. And then I have mental energy to do the other things I want to do in my life before I didn't have the mental energy. And I was just, the other thing is like, when you are not satisfied with corporate and your nine to five job, you spend a lot of money trying to fix it. So I just save a lot of money because I'm not binging on Sephora and I'm not, you know, I'm just, the budget is a lot tighter because I'm happy. Anyone listening, I definitely recommend you check out Bryn's program. Cause I know just from experience, having that live support and accountability makes such a difference, especially for new writers. So check out Bryn. What is the best way for aspiring freelancers to reach you? Yeah, just Instagram. I do a lot. I do everything on Instagram stories. Like I do mini trainings every week and at Bryn Johns, B-R-Y-N-N-J-O-H-N-N-S. And I'm always on there. Like today I shared a job. I found a job freelance writing for a plastic surgery plastic surgery clinic. I'm like, that would be really, really cool. And it looked very legit. So every day I'm kind of sharing a new job, a new job finding tactic. So if you've ever wondered where to find freelance clients, just come to my Instagram profile because there's thousands of ways or thousands of techniques for you. And I would love, you know, go to freelancerising.com, submit your interest form and we'll chat and see if the program could be right for you.